feel like it's like 1992 in here. <laughs> I'm back in church and I'm singing Victory in Jesus and, and, uh, and some MC Hammer. <clears throat> it's take, taking me back to uh, middle school and high school. But uh, we're so glad you're here this morning. Uh, w- we started uh, sort of a, a, a prequel to this series last week. Uh, called Talking with God, and um, so if you missed last week, uh, last week I talked about uh, what my prayer for you is. Uh, as a person who comes to Ridge Church every year, I sort of kind of uh, think about, you know, what do I, I want to be praying for you uh, individually, not just for us as a church together, but, but just for you. And uh, so I, I shared that. It was just sort of a, a candid message last week, and so if you missed that, I just encourage you to go uh, online and, and check that out and um, listen to that. It's on iTunes, or you can find it on our website as well. So if you have a Bible with you, open it up to James chapter 5. We're going to start in James chapter 5 today. We're not going to stay there very long. In fact, we're going to look at a lot of Scripture today. So if you have your YouVersion Bible app, uh, all of the Scripture will be in there under the events section. You can follow along there uh, because we're going to jump all over the place a little bit uh, today, a little bit different uh, than, than normal, just looking at one passage of Scripture. But um, today, I, today I just want to talk to us about uh, what I like to call one of the three of the, the Holy Trinity of guilt. Uh, there, are, there are certain things that, that we talk about uh, at church sometimes that just make us feel guilty like every time we talk about it. And uh, my hope is, is that uh, the, the heart of this message is not to make you feel guilty, at all. In fact, I, I hope it's more helpful than it is uh, guilt-ridden. That's that's never our, our our want when we when we talk about certain things. But this is just one of those three things that I think just kind of makes people feel guilty at church sometimes. So one of those things, uh, which we're not going to talk about today, is is reading the Bible. It's like whenever we talk about reading the Bible, like we always kind of feel a little guilty about how much we don't read the Bible throughout the week, right? Like we always leave church and be like, oh, pastor talked about reading the Bible. I guess I better go read my Bible this week. Like we go home and we read the Bible because we feel guilty about how much we've not read the Bible, right? Uh, so that's one of the, the three. Uh, the other one is giving. We're not talking about giving today. Uh, typically when maybe you've been to a church before where they talked about giving and, and they talk about it in such a way that it just makes you feel guilty about whether you give or how much you give or don't give, and, and then they take up another offering. It's like the third offering that they've taken up at the end of church, um, you know, just to, you know, to, to grab hold of the opportunity that, hey, if you feel guilty, then we'll take up another offering. But uh, we, we don't do that here, and so we're not talking about giving today. But what we are talking about, obviously, is prayer. Talking about prayer. And uh, we're going to be talking about prayer for the next couple of weeks. But my, my hope is, is that in this series that uh, you won't feel guilty about uh, whether you pray a lot or you pr- don't pray very well or, you know, all of that stuff. My, our hope is, really, is that through this series over the next couple of weeks is that you'll be able to pray maybe with a little bit more focus, uh, that you'll be able to pray with uh, more understanding of how prayer works and, and maybe even a better way to pray because uh, I don't know about you, but I'm still learning how to pray. Uh, I've been, been a believer for a, a long time, but, but I still feel like I'm learning how to pray and how to, how to pray uh, more focused and less distracted. And, and my understanding of the way that God listens to our prayers and the way that He responds to prayers, like I still feel like I'm learning those things. And so our, our hope is that, that you'll feel the same way and that, that you'll gain some knowledge from that and that it'll be things that you'll be able to actually uh, put into practice. And if we're honest, we all know that we don't really pray like we should, right? I hope you feel guilty about that. No, I'm just kidding. But I, I, 
I, I know that I don't. Like, I, I know that I don't pray like I should. I, don't, I know that I don't always pray as much as I should. And maybe you do. Maybe you're, maybe you're like a pro. You're a pro prayer, right? Like, you're just, you're a better Christian than I am. So congratulations. Um, but maybe you're just really good at it. Maybe you do it well. You do it all the time. You do like Paul said. Paul said this. He said, pray without ceasing. Maybe that's you. Like, like you've got that down. You should probably be, up, be the one up here. Uh, teaching us because uh, that's not me. I I don't pray without ceasing. I know that I should and I know that I want to, but I don't always do that. And so, um, our again, our hope is not to to make us feel guilty about this, but uh, but if we are honest, we know that we could be a little more focused. We could be a little better. We could have a little better understanding about prayer. And here's here's what I think is really sort of the the root as to to maybe why we don't pray like we should, or maybe why we don't pray as often as we should, or or put as much time and energy and effort into prayer. And this is what I believe is is just the root cause of that, and it's simply this: is that I believe that that we don't pray like we should because I believe that we have forgotten the power of prayer. I believe that we have forgotten how powerful prayer really is, and what it does to change others to to change us and 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 really what it does to to honor god uh with our prayers um and so i maybe maybe for you maybe you've overthought just the whole process of prayer maybe maybe you've made it more complicated than it needs to be i know that there has been times in my life where i've made prayer more complicated than it needs to be but when we get down to like just the simplest aspect of what prayer really is prayer is really this i heard somebody say this once and it's so true and maybe this is the way that you think about prayer too but prayer is simply this it's really just talking with god that's what prayer is it's not very com- like when I say it that way. Hopefully, that doesn't sound complicated, because it's it's really not. It's not as complicated as we've made it to be, and we really should not really overthink it as much as maybe we have before. Because prayer really is simply just talking with God. In fact, way back in the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, uh, the writer of Exodus is uh, d- describing, and, and some people think that that Moses was actually the writer of Exodus, and and he he probably very well was, but. Uh, it said this about Moses is that in Exodus thirty three eleven it says that that God would speak with Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. And think about that. That that prayer is described that way that that Moses would speak with God. In other words, he would talk with God or he would pray to God and he would have a conversation with God face-to-face as a man speaks to his friend. So think about your best friend or the person who you talk to the most, the person that you talk easiest to and they talk to you. Like, think about those conversations and how easy those conversations are, how good those conversations can be. What if, what if prayer for you was the same way, was as easy as a conversation with your best friend or your, the person that you're closest to? What if not only just talking to them felt the same, as you were talking to God, but, but hearing from them, hearing from God was done the same way. We'll talk next week more about how we, how we hear from God. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to share uh, just briefly three things, three things that I want to share with you about the power of talking with God or the power of prayer. Uh, just how, how we just need to be reminded of these things. Maybe you already know these things, and, or maybe we just need to be refreshed and reminded of these things, but, but just three things. And so the first one is, is this. Prayer is powerful because of what God does for us. Prayer is powerful because of what God does for us. And I want to read to you 
from uh, James chapter 5, starting in verse 13. A couple of verses here, and then we'll skip down to a few more verses. But James chapter 5, verse 13. James, who again is uh, the brother, sort of the half-brother of Jesus, uh, writes this. He says in verse 13, he says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And so what James is doing here is James is really just kind of given a few reasons. He say, just in case you forgot, I want to give you a few reasons that you should pray for people. Or that just a few reasons in general, not just for people, but you, that you should pray in general. And so in short, what he's saying is this. He's saying that I want you to pray because it gives God an opportunity to respond to you. Now, think about that for a minute. I don't know if this blows your mind or not. This blows my mind. Like every time I think about this, it just kind of blows me away. But the fact that God, the creator of the universe, the person who put the heavens in their place, the stars, the sun, the moon, the earth, who created every one of us in this room, who created everything that there is to be created, right? That's what Colossians says, that he created everything. Everything was created for him and by him. That the God of the universe... Not only does he want to hear from us, but he wants to respond to us. He wants to have a conversation with us. Does anybody anybody in here know famous people? Maybe you know some famous people. I don't really know any, like, super famous people. I know people who know famous people, but I don't really know any, like, super famous people. And any time I've ever been around famous people, like, I've always just had nothing to say. Like, I don't know what to say to famous people, right? And it's like, so you're famous. How's that, right? Like, you know, just like, what's that like? You know, like, I don't really know what to say something because I've been around some, like, super, super famous people. I think I've told you guys this story before, but uh, I met James Hetfield from uh, Metallica, the lead singer of Metallica once, uh, just randomly. He was at the doc- same doctor's office that I was at. Um, I lived in a different place and, and uh, met him, and, and, like, it was literally one of those things where I stared at him for, like, five minutes. And he, you know, wanted to, I think he wanted to kill me, but... Um, that's okay. Like, you know, I just, I, I looked at him because I was like, I'm not sure. Is this who I think it is? Is this who I think it is? And I looked at him and I was like, hey. And he was like, yeah. You know, and it was just like, okay. And so, like, I had nothing to say to him because I didn't know what to say. Like, he was like, you know, this huge rock star. I had nothing to say. And so, like, anytime I've ever been around, like, super, like, famous or well-known people, like, that's just kind of always been uh, the way, you know, that, that I have, you know, felt. But But think about this. Like, God... The God of the universe, like if there's anybody more famous, there's no one more famous than God, right? And he wants to talk to us. He wants us to talk to him, and he wants to respond to us. Look, yeah, Skip down to verse 16 here. It says this. <clears throat> it says, therefore, confess your sins. A confess is just another word to tell. That means to tell or to talk to. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. But listen to what he says next. He says, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Again, he's just reminding us that prayer has great power. But listen to what he says in verse 17. He says, Elijah, now let me stop for just a second. Elijah is an Old Testament guy. Elijah 
was, uh, you can read about him in 1 Kings and 2 Kings, but Elijah was a prophet of God. In other words, God would speak to Elijah. He's kind of like a, like a preacher. God would speak to him, and then he would tell the people, hey, this is what God has to say. I'm relaying to you the word of the Lord. And so Elijah, that's who he's talking about, says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. This is what James is saying. Elijah is just like you and me. Like, he's not some superhero. He's not some different person. Like, God didn't make him up to be really any different than us. He's just like you. He's just like me. He says he has a nature like, like Elijah was just a person. He says, so he says this. He says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Now, there's a whole story behind that. We don't have time to go into that. But it says what it says, right? Elijah, he prayed for it to not rain, and for three years, three and a half years, it didn't rain. I'm asking Elijah, Elijah, please pray that it stops raining today because I'm tired of the rain. But anyway, we won't do that. So he goes, he goes on, he says this, he says, So he prayed for three years and six months, and it did not rain on the earth. Then, verse 18, it says, He prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. So what's the whole point of that? This is what, this is what James is trying to say. Saying Elijah was just a person just like us, and he prayed, and God listened, and God responded. That's what he's saying. And so prayer is powerful because of what God does for us. But here's the thing, and here's one of the reasons I think why we get hung up here. We forget to ask sometimes. Like, we forget to ask. Do you know that Jesus, in fact, Jesus says several times, he says we should ask him. Like, we should pester him, we should bother him, we should bring our request before him. In other words, we should pray to him and, and actually ask him. Look at this, Matthew chapter 7, verse uh, 7 and 8, says this. It says, ask, and it will be given to you. These are, this is Jesus speaking. He says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. To the one who knocks, it will be opened. And so Jesus is literally, he's begging us to ask him, to ask him. In fact, he says this, John 16, 24. He says, Jesus, he says, until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that, by, that your joy may be full. Now, I know that there's a hangup for some of us there because some of us are going, Okay, yeah, I hear that, and I get that, and I've asked, but I ain't getting a response. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. In fact, in, in a couple of weeks, at the end of this series, we'll actually uh, talk about what happens when God says no. Because sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says wait. And so maybe, uh, maybe you're getting hung up there and thinking, well, I, I asked. And I, I'm not getting. Well, we'll we'll talk about that in a minute. But but Jesus is literally saying he's saying, "Ask me, ask me." And then James says this. He says, "You know why you don't you don't get sometimes what what you what you need?" He says this. James four three he says, "You ask and you do do not receive because you ask wrongly wrongly. You ask wrongly." We don't, sometimes we don't have because we don't ask. 
And so Jesus is literally saying, he's saying, I'm begging you to ask me. Don't be afraid of the answer, though. Don't be afraid of the answer. And so, number one, prayer is powerful because of what God does for us. It's powerful because of what God does for us. Secondly, prayer is powerful because of what God does in us. Because of what God does in us. Often, uh, at least for me, uh, this is true of myself, is oftentimes I want God to do something uh, around me or in other people, um, but I forget often that uh, he's really trying to just do something in me. And so, uh, in fact, here's a good example. The First Peter uh, 5, First Peter 5 says this. It says, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all of your anxieties on him, because he cares you. Now, here's the point of that. You see, here, what Peter is talking about here, he's talking about a humility problem. He's talking about a humility problem, and a humility problem is, it, it's a horizontal issue, meaning that humility between us, between others, that's a horizontal issue. But the solution to horizontal issues is often found in the vertical. The solution to horizontal issues are often found in the vertical, because there's always something happening in the vertical when we want God to do something in the horizontal. Here's another way to say that. God will often do something in you before he does something through you. God will often do something in you before he does something through you. And so sometimes God's way of answering a prayer is by doing a work in you and not necessarily in the situation. I've had conversations with people like this before where it is uh, literally situations of, I'm praying for someone to change. Like, have you ever done that? Have you ever prayed for somebody to change? Like, you want God to change somebody else? You're like, God, Lord Jesus, please change that jerk two cubicles down. Like, stop making them a jerk, right? Like, have you ever, am I the only one that's ever prayed that? Um, But, like, we pray for other people, right? Like, we pray for God to change somebody else. We pray for God to do a work in somebody else. And oftentimes, I think we forget this, we forget the fact that oftentimes God wants to change you. I've had to say, I've had to have that conversation with people where I've had to say, where they're saying, I'm praying for God to change this situation, or I'm praying for God to change this person. Matter of fact, I had this conversation with somebody right after the second, or right after the first service this morning. I'd prayed with them last week. We were praying about someone else for something else. We were praying for them. They came to me after the first service uh, this morning, and they said, hey, you know what? Remember that prayer that we prayed for somebody else? I don't know if God did anything in them, but I know that they did it in me. See, oftentimes God will try to, uh, God will use prayer to change you. And it's not always about the person that you're praying for. It'll often use that time to change you. And so prayer is powerful because of what God does in us. So prayer is not just good for others, but it's also good for you. It's also good for you. You ever wanted to get better at something? Like maybe you wanted to, uh, maybe there was a skill or, um, you know, something, you set a goal. And so the point of setting goals, right, is that you, you sort of assess where you are. It's like I'm at point A, but I want to get to point B. So here's where I am, but here's where I want to get to, right? So we set these goals, we set, you know, metrics to measure out, and we want to go from point A 
to point B because we want to get from where we are to where we need to be. Well, I think oftentimes God actually uses prayer to get you from where you are to where he wants you to be. It's not always about praying for the person or situation around you. A lot of times it's about how he's going to grow you and change you through the way that you pray. Not that necessarily others are praying for you. Hopefully others are. I'm praying for you, but hopefully other people are praying for you. But, but your specific prayers, as you pray to God, he's changing you. Because for me, like I think about, as I was saying earlier, I, I think that uh, I'm still, in a lot of ways, I'm still learning how to pray. I'm still learning how to, um, I'm still learning how to, for example, learning how to pray the will of God and not Bobby's will. Because a lot, of, a lot of my prayers for a lot of my life have been like this. Heavenly Father, me, 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 mine, 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 I want, I want, I want. Amen. I don't know if your prayers ever go like that, but a lot of times my prayers go like that. And here's what God actually wants. In fact, Jesus talks about this when he says his disciples, his disciples come to him. And, um, whoa, look at that. Uh, his disciples come to him. Got things falling out of my pocket. His disciples come to him, and they're like, Jesus, we want to know how to pray. Teach us to pray, right? They say, we, we're not good at this. We don't really know how to pray like you pray. Because the crazy thing about the disciples is the disciples, they were, they were Jewish boys. They, they prayed. They, they had been through a lot of prayers. They, they had uh, been taught a certain way to pray. But they heard the way that Jesus prayed. And they heard the way that Jesus talked to his father, like, like Moses, like a man would speak face-to-face to his friend. And so the disciples came to Jesus one time, and they said, Jesus, teach us how to pray, because we don't pray like you, but we want to pray like you, so teach us how to pray. And so Jesus says, okay, so when you pray, pray like this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is, right? We know that, right? We could have all, just about all of us recite that in some way. But in that prayer, Jesus wasn't saying that you should pray this exact prayer every single time. This is how you pray. He was giving them an example of saying, when you pray, pray this way. One of the interesting things about the Lord's Prayer, if you will, is that when Jesus is talking about that, he says this. He says, thy will be done. What's he saying? He's saying, we need to pray the will of God. We need to pray... We need to pray the will of God. And so instead of our prayers going like this, God, give me, give me, give me, 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 mine, 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 I want, I want, I want, amen. Our prayer should be, God, what do you want? I want that. Give me that. We don't like that because we don't know exactly what what he's going to give us. Now, does that mean we shouldn't ask? No, 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 no. Remember, Jesus said, ask me, ask me. And so we should still ask. He wants us to ask. But I believe that when we start learning how to pray that way, instead of the, the more, you know, me, 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 my, my, mine, I want, I want, I want, it'll change us. It'll change us. Number three, last one. Prayer is powerful because of what God does in himself. Prayer is powerful because of what God does in himself. So let me, let me explain that. John chapter 14, verse 12, says this. It says, truly, truly, I say to you. So uh, your Bible may say verily, verily. And, and really all that is, is that's just Jesus saying, hey, this is really important, so listen up. So he says, 
Truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. Greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Now, listen to what he says next. It's really important. He says, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Really important phrase, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Why? Because God will be glorified. Because God will be glorified. Because God should get the glory, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. In other words, God is saying, when I answer prayers, the point of me answering prayers is for my glory. And we think, well, man, that's a selfish God. Yeah, it is. And that's okay. He's the creator of the universe. He is God. He is Father. I want him to be a selfish God. Here's something that, that really rubbed me the wrong way as when I started to learn this, and it might rub you the wrong way, but that's okay. Uh, we'll just let you wrestle with it like I had to wrestle with it. Um, it's this little theological fact of, of this, is that God, God is about God. Now, it doesn't mean that God is not for you. He says that he is for us. He is for you. And it doesn't mean that God doesn't love you, but he does love you. He wants good for you. He does want that. But you know what he wants most? Himself. God is about God. And that's okay. That's okay. We should want that. We should desire that. We should try to wrap our minds around that. It's the way that it, that it should be. Is that, that God deserves all the glory because God is, he's, he is powerful. He is powerful. He is great. He is holy. And if he was anything less than that, then he wouldn't be a God at all. There's, um, I was talking about Elijah the prophet earlier. There's this story in 1 Kings chapter 18 where uh, Elijah, he, um, he, he's kind of had this run-in with uh, these prophets of Baal. That's what they're called. And uh, Baal was like this, this fake god, really, what, uh, not really a god at all, but there were this, these groups of, of people who thought that, that he was the one true god. And Elijah was like, you know what, I had enough of this, we're not, uh-uh, I'm, we're going we're gonna to settle this once and for all. And so he kind of lays down a challenge to these prophets, and he tells them, he's like, hey, you and me, flagpole, top of the mountain, noon, right? And so he basically challenges them and says, I want you to come up, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to build this altar up, and you're going to ask your God, you're going to ask Baal to come down and burn this thing up. And if he's real, if he is who he says he is, then he'll do what you ask him to do. So they get together, and they build up this big altar that, you know, the, and they start, you know, kind of getting a little crazy, you know, running around the thing, getting really loud, and they're praying, and they're asking Baal to come down and you know, and, and burn this thing up and, and blow it up, and, and nothing's happening. In fact, uh, Elijah, it's a really good story. You should read it. It's in First Kings chapter 18. But Elijah, he starts to taunt them at one point. He's like, hey, where's your God at? What's he doing? Huh? Is he late? Maybe he's in the bathroom. It says that. It's in the Bible. It's really funny. In, in fact, one translation says maybe he's on the toilet, you know? So that's what it says. But nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. 
And so for dramatic effect, Elijah kind of gets a little crazy with it. He's like, hey, you see all that wood, that sacrifice there? Let's like pour a bunch of water on it. Let's make it really, really wet. So wet that you couldn't light a match to it and it wouldn't catch on fire no matter what you did. And so they do that and they're just kind of skipping some of the details here. But uh, anyway, long story short is uh, Elijah calls down and he prays to God and he says, God, it's time to show them who you are. That Baal is fake. And that you are the one true God. And so listen to the prayer that Elijah prays to God in 1 Kings 18, verse 36. It says, And at the time of the offering, Elijah the prophet came near and he said this. He prayed, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and that I have done all of these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their hearts back. You know what I love about Elijah's prayer? There's nothing about Elijah's prayer that says, God, let them see that I am your prophet, and let them see how good and mighty and great I am. There's none of that. He said, I want them to see how great and mighty and big you are. I want them to know that you are God, and that you are mighty, and that you are awesome. And then in dramatic effect, God does just that, like that. He sends fire down. He burns the whole thing up. It says, that in fact, that the, the fire is so hot that it even licks the dust up. Amazing. And then all of these people, they, they bow down and they worship God. And they're like, you're right. Oh, God is God. And they turn to God. And then Elijah kills them all. It's crazy. But um, <laughs> it's, just, it's in the Bible. I'm just telling you what's in there. Um, so... <laughs> That's another sermon for another time. But So the whole point of this is, is, is just simply this, is that, that prayer is powerful. Number one, prayer is powerful because of what God does for us. It's powerful because of what God does in us, and it's powerful because of what God does in himself. Now, here's the thing. We, we talked about this a minute ago. You know and I know that God really answers prayers in three ways. It's either going to be yes, no, or wait right? Like, we know that God's going to answer prayers, like, in one of those three ways, yes, no, and wait. We love it when he says yes. That's great. I love it when he says yes. I hate it when he says no. I hate it when he says wait. But that's how he answers prayers, yes, no, and wait. But even, here's the thing, even when he says no, even when he says wait, he still gets all the glory. He still gets all of the glory. Even when I ask for and i have i've asked god i've prayed to god and i've 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 gotten on my face before the lord before and i've asked god to to heal people and he said no to me but it didn't mean that he didn't heal them in some way and here here's the thing about that like we don't like that we wrestle with that and we struggle with that and believe me i struggle with that but here's what I've come to understand. That even when he says wait, even when he says no, he still, he still gets the glory. That here's, here's the thing that I've come to understand. Is that I may not see it in the moment. I may not understand it in the moment. I may not even understand it in this lifetime. But he gets the glory. But he gets the glory. I don't really know how. I don't really know why. But I just know that he's going to work it out. And here's why I know that he's going to work it out, because of what Romans 8 says. 
those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. We know for those that who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to whose purpose? His. Not mine. Not mine. And so often instead of my prayer, just uh, I'm just trying to learn how to pray to say, God, here's what I'm asking you. Tell me to ask you, and so I'm going to ask you, but here, here's what I'm asking you. So this is what I'm asking of you, but... I want this to be for your glory. I want this to be for your purpose. Not for me, but for you. And I'm telling you guys, that'll change you. That will change you. One last thing about prayer, and I'll close. You know, Jesus, he has given us the ability to, to pray to God. Jesus has given that ability. In fact, Jesus on the cross brought us face to face with God. When you and I, when we trust Jesus with our life, he saves us and he brings us into the family of God. And we are adopted by the Father. We are his sons, we are his daughters. And like any good father, he wants to hear from you. He wants to hear from you. He wants us to talk to him and he wants to hear from us because of that relationship. Jesus, he literally brings us to God. And so Oswald Chambers, he said this once, he said, the basis of prayer is not what it costs us, but what it costs God to enable us to pray. It costs him, Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And because of that, we get to ask. So let us pray, and let us not neglect the opportunity to be able to ask him, to pray to him, to let it change us talk to the Father. So here's what we want to do this, this week, just sort of as a, as a next step to help us this week. Two things, really. Number one is this, is that maybe, maybe for you, there are things that, that you're praying about and that you're asking the Lord for. And I, I want to encourage you and ask you to, to just share those things with us. You can share them anonymously. You don't have to put your name on a Connect card. You can just put it on the back of a Connect card, but, but I'd love to pray with you about those things. I'd love to ask other people to pray with you about those things, for you about those things, because Jesus says to ask, so let's ask. Maybe for you also, maybe, maybe you're afraid to ask because you're afraid of what he's going to say. Maybe, maybe you're afraid he's going to say no, or maybe you're Afraid he's going to say, wait. And I, I don't know, maybe, maybe he does. And so maybe you just need to pray for courage to ask. So maybe that's one step for you this week. Another, another thing is, is simply this. We did this with our Finding Our Way Back to God series. But we want to do it again for this prayer series. Is, is We want to send you a devotional in your email. We'll send it every Monday, just once a week for the next five weeks. And if that's something that you want to do, that's something that you'd like to get in your email, it's just a couple of emails that'll just say, to, to help us pray more focused, less distracted, pr maybe have a little better understanding of prayer. And so we want to send that to you. And if that's something that you want to do, just put on your Connect card, make sure you put your name and email address on there and, and on the back say, hey, I'd like to get that devotional. Or uh, in your YouVersion app, you can just click on the link there and uh, follow the link to, to sign up for that. But you can do that before you leave today as well. So we want to help you take your next step, whatever your next step is with prayer. And then over the next couple of weeks, 
Next week, we're going to talk about how we hear from God. I think a lot of times we forget that, that we just need to hear from God. We need to stop talking so much and listen. And then we're going to talk about, uh, as we close the series in a couple of weeks, uh, what if he does say no? What if he doesn't answer the way that we want? So let's pray together. Father God, we thank you so much for, God, just the opportunity to be able to hear from you, to talk to you. God, it's, a, it's amazing to me that, that we get to speak to you, and, and God, you speak to us. So Father, for those of us who are, who are afraid to ask, would you just give us the courage to ask? God, as you work, as you work in our own hearts, God, that, that you help us pray your purpose, that we, that we pray for your will and not our will be done. And that you can help us understand that better. But God, give us the courage and the faith to, to lay the, these requests boldly before your feet. To approach you as you ask us to do. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Would you stand to your feet?